Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 43rd episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great show. Today, we're talking all about blogging and babies. Yes, it's been a busy last two weeks since we've uh, last seen everybody. The Seahawks have won the Super Bowl, the Olympics have started, and Flapping Birds is no longer on the App Store, but that is not the biggest news. The biggest news is coming out of California, where I believe we have a new appendage to talk about. I want to bring on my co-host sam 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 are you there yes yes i am here jeff that's the screen good to see you. john uh, uh, sorry john sam how are you doing out there 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 we are i'm doing well even though i thought wow i look a lot like john samuelson today we'll get to no, john we're, samuelson we're in a great. second I, I want this is breaking news everybody we've been talking about it for about three seconds now uh, sam would you like to introduce us to the newest member of waka patui yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me get out of your way here. So, are you Walker saying? Can, wait, wait. Are you saying that? Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. Walker, how are you doing? Hold, hold out a minute. Hold what? out a minute. What, hold was, wait, wait, wait a minute. What is that? Whoa! Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can feel me now, can't you, brother? So you yeah. wait. Wow. So wow, this is this is bigger than the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. Walker can now pick right? his fingers. Now I can pick stuff up. Ooh. Look, I got a mouse. I got a mouse. Okay. I got a mouse. All right. That's... I feel like a cat. Wow. Uh-oh. Wow. I think Waka just won the internet for today. Waka, can right? you... Okay, <laughs> let's see how this works. Waka, can, can you count to five for me? You bet. Uh, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five. Five. <laughs> John, how are you doing tonight? It's good to see you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, wow, I was just that was that was overwhelming. I'm so ha- I'm so happy for Waka. I don't even know what to say. I didn't know that was happening. That it, just happened. It's it's pretty neat here. Um, you know, it, we we did. I don't know. You guys weren't here last week. We did put out a shout out to any organ donors, and uh, we we now have an orange hand. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I am an organ donor, but just not an orange hand donor. Well, right. I mean, you know. It, Think about it. You might one day be at a conference and see an orange hand and go, I think we can do something with that. Speaking of conferences, John, how have you been? How have those conferences been? And be- and best of all, what is it like to give Jerry Blumengarten a hug in 2014? Well, it was great. We were, I was just at the uh, TCA conference, and I have to say I was there last Sunday, and so it, it actually almost lasted six days for us, which is a lot, but... Um, I, I talked to the librarians a little bit from Texas, and Jerry came in for literally one minute, 30 seconds, and just pumped them up and said, librarians are the original search engine, <laughs> and just did all that stuff, and then ran off the stage, and then I got up there and then fumbled through with technical difficulties for five minutes until I could actually do my speech. Did, did so, you there need, we go. Did you need a hand? Because, I mean, we, we can get you a hand now. <laughs> I did. I need what I needed was the actual not Wi-Fi and just the uh, hard wire into the computer, which Ooh, ended up working really well. But now, what was your speech about? I do my my normal speech now, <laughs> Jeff. It's it's getting out of the way of learning. Uh, let student, you know, getting out of the way. Let students take charge of their learning because I I don't I'm not in the classroom anymore. So I feel like that's about the only speech I can give, and then I denounce all the speeches I gave for 50 apps in 50 minutes for like the last two years and apologize for it. So I basically <laughs> apologize for being myself and ruining education with all those wow. apps before. Nice. Well, like a good speech. Speaking it's, of apologizing, speech. Jeff, yeah. Herb, how are you today? 
Jeff Herb is doing quite well today. Thank you. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. It is good to see you out there. Uh, it's six months past the married life. How are, how are we doing here? Doing well. We're moving into the house in the next week or so. They just finished up on the work that we were having done, so that's pretty exciting. So so does that mean that we are going to be seeing another background from you? Is this another different point of view? Yeah, I think maybe not next week, but the week after, I'm guessing you'll probably have a different background, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. Live from the garden shed. Right, yes. <laughs> from my underground bunker. Nice. Ooh, you have a bunker. That is nice. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> now, um, Sam, let me let me bring this back over to you. We, you know, John's been to all these different conferences. Jeff's been to conferences. You have an announcement to make about a conference that you're going to be attending in June. What is that big announcement? Well, um, I'm really excited because in June at ISTE, uh, Waka, Jeff, and I are going to be holding a workshop for podcasting with puppets. So that'll be a lot of fun. And so definitely, if you're out there watching, we would love it if you join us. Uh, We have a workshop on Sunday night, I believe, and we also have our workshop on Monday night. These are two different workshops. One is on podcasting, one is on puppet building, and they're three hours each. They are going to be fabulous. Um, I'm told that by that point, at least Walker will have a hip joint, maybe an arm. I'm not sure how we're going to handle all that stuff yet. Maybe a tail. We'll, We'll we'll. it's a few months away. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, guys, it's so good to see everybody back there. And I have to tell you, you might out there be wondering, how do I get a hold of the guys on the Tech Educators Show? And I'm glad you asked. You can certainly how go over. How do I do it? Absolutely. Let me mute Sam for a second. As I tell you, you can easily go over to the techeducatorpodcast.com where you have 40 40- two amazing episodes but not only do you have an opportunity to check out all those great episodes you can also go over to this subscribe button right here and if you subscribe to us on youtube like the 732 other people have you will have an opportunity to get awesome teacher cast broadcasting content right to your door of course if you are in the car going to a conference like uh, our good friends at ed camp auto you can of course uh, download and subscribe to all of our podcasts right here on itunes you have the teacher cast the tech educator show the instructional tech talk with jeff herb and of course the ever popular never free on a saturday night because he's always broadcasting techlandia podcast one i highly recommend uh john how you doing over there with techlandia have you have you have you heard any good books lately? <laughs> no, I have. Um, I have not heard any, but I, uh, Kurt is diligently reading right now, and he's reading up on some books, so we can get started because we are going to add the books as a feature, and we have yeah. dropped. And true to my word, we have dropped the apps, and we are no longer giving three apps anymore on Techlandia. It is three Twitter users, three things you're passionate about in the educational field. And a book. Well, you know what? I'm I'm glad that you've gone in that direction because I think in the next uh, month or two, we will actually have another book to add to your collection. Isn't that right, Sam? Oh, I get to talk now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's your turn. There's a a really good book being... uh, put together right talked, now talked about, about social media and education <laughs> it's, it's being discussed constantly actually right now <laughs> and there, so, there are there are people all over the country worrying about this book yes yes more as we speak um yeah there i, I can think of at least three more people that are worrying about me getting this book done as soon as possible right now so <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, for those out there uh, listening, and I, I see people popping questions all around here, um, it's been a big week for us. Two of my babies came home. Apparently, I don't get a sound effect from John on that one. Okay. Sorry, I was I, I actually was moving up towards. I was late. That's okay. The two of the edu triplets came home. Uh, Robert graced our presence on Tuesday and kept us awake until Saturday when Sarah came home and uh, kept us awake all last night. So we have two babies, um, although it's kind of odd because I feel like we traded one in already. Um, no sooner does Sarah come home, but Robert is actually right now back in the NICU, back in the hospital. He's going in for little baby surgery tomorrow. So uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers there. He is going in for a, a very routine surgery that most premature babies go through. But uh, we will not be with him tonight or tomorrow night, and I'll see him again on Tuesday. So it's just me and Sarah right now, and we are having a good time. Um, Chris, we are hoping to have by the summertime. And uh, right now they are just waiting for him to get bigger. Their actual due date is not even for another week. So we're right now waiting another month to see what happens, and they're going to make a decision, but they're at least three months away from pulling Christopher out. Um, but he's in amazing care, and uh, I, I, all the tweets, all the emails, all the, all the gift cards and stuff like that, we really, really enjoy. Uh, no gift card goes without thank yous. We really, really appreciate that. I'm learning the value of uh, Babies R Us right now. But... That's what's going on in my life. Today, we are talking about blogging. We had a great show two weeks ago, Sam, didn't we? We really did. It was amazing. We had uh, uh, the professor, Jason Eitner, on from Lower Alloways Creek, talking all about Blogger and how to really utilize that Google app for education. And I said, Sam, there's got to be more that we could talk about here. What more possibly is there to talk about when it comes to, blo- to, to blogging and broadcasting? Well, I think that what we've got left to talk about, we never really got into how to build a post and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that we could kind of start with that today and look at from the teacher perspective, how do you just put one of these posts together? Kind of making the whole thing a little less intimidating. Jeff, do you know all the ins and outs of making a post? I know you're a WordPress person. Um, do, do you talk, get into talking to your teachers and your building about creating posts and all that stuff? Uh, we talk about the concept, but um, I'm excited to see Sam talk about Blogger specifically. That's not a platform that I have a lot of experience on, mm-hmm. so um, I'm looking forward to seeing some ins and outs so I can better support the teachers in my building using Blogger as well. John, when you're looking at different blogs and stuff, do you notice that a lot of people have a similar style to writing, or do you see posts being created in all different styles, and which ones are good, which ones are bad? I have to say, I, I do. I have been looking at blogging a little bit more. I've been trying for this year. I, I don't feel like I've I've been blogging as near as much as I want to. But um, I think I like what I like is a new site that is not specific to education called Medium.com, mm. and that's the one where I think it's really nice and it's a really clean like interface to go through. So I've been reading some on there, but it's not education specific at all. It just anybody can post up there. And, and what what is Medium.com all about? So it's just kind of a simpler um, platform. I like the kind of simplistic style. Yeah, there it is. And so really you could go in right now and create an account and you can just post right up there. And so it isn't really specific to your blog so you don't have a collection, but you can see all those people are in there 
and they just post the blog up whenever they want, and it has a little breakdown of like how many minutes it would take to read it, and you just start with the title and the subtitle, and you just start typing, and you can add pictures in it. There's not a lot of fancy bells and whistles. It's just more about what you're putting on there. So I, I really like Medium.com as a as a way. I wish um, they could make an education version. Now, Sam, you do an educational website much like that. You do something called Triber, don't you? Uh, yeah, with Triber, it's actually triber -er. They've got an extra R in there to make it nearly impossible to say. Um, <laughs> what it is, it's more like taking a, a group Feedly account or something, because it's it's really an RSS feed of posts from your actual blog. Um, what I have done in like a very simple blogging platform is I've used Pistachio with Evernote, but I had this really weird experience this week. I went into Pistachio, and I signed in, and it's like, Welcome to Pistachio. We have no idea who you are, and we've never seen you before. Here's your brand new site. And I'm like... What, what happened to my other site? And um, I still don't know. I can't figure out where my other site was or how to get to it. And Part of this is just bad note-taking on my part. Sometimes when I'm exploring tech tools, I don't take as many notes as I should about you know what I'm doing and where it ends up published on, online. But I thought that since it was you know Pistachio and it was linked through my Evernote account, I'd be able to find it. Uh, no. Oh, wow. Well, it seems like you have nine tribes, 326 tribe, tribe yeah. mates, and you have a reach of two meters. That's pretty good. Really? That's, yeah, that's good. I'm that's glad about they, right. They that's they about right. The metric system. That's nice of them. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> Very international. So when be, before we even get to that part, Sam, you, you need to open up your blogger, open up your WordPress, and create posts. And I'm looking at this thing going, what are we looking at? It seems easy, it seems simple, but then you have things like headings, like do we bold everything, do we not bold? Take us through um, the creation of a great post. And if you could rhyme, I think we would all love to do that too. <laughs> well, I'm almost always rhyming, but sometimes they're just site rhymes or near rhymes, so they don't pick up very well on the podcast, but you know, we'll see what we can do. Um, so what I'm going to show you first is the second grade blog. The second grade team is looking at transitioning from their um, newsletter that they send out every week that's a Microsoft Word document into a blog. So what I did this Friday was I actually took their newsletter and turned it into blog posts. So what you've got here is just three pictures and a little bit of copy. And in the Word document, the pictures were smaller. The copy ran across the bottom. Um, you can see that there are student faces here, but there's actually nothing on the blog itself that contains the school name, and we don't include student full names. So I'm, as I'm putting this together, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing it absolutely right in our, as far as our social media policy goes so that the teachers have this as a model. Um, but what's nice is this format allows us to make the pictures bigger and drop the text down, because really what everybody cares about are the pictures. And when you're doing a format that's you know, just regular paper-based, you, know, you want to conserve paper, you want to make those pictures smaller. Um, so that was a science unit. The math unit was small, you know, smaller. They just had one, uh, a copy of one of the 
worksheets they were using or something like that. Um, the and here I've opened the edit side of it, the social studies unit. You've got each of these pictures that you've dropped in here, and it'll size them all the same. Like when you go to the picture and you click on it, you've got a choice of making it small, medium. I can make it large, extra large, original size, medium, and it will make them all formatted the same. You can put a, a little caption in there, it'll format all of those the same, and then you can drop this text in on the side and it'll help you manage that. So, Hey Sam, do we yeah. want to have large pictures in our blog post? Uh, yes, we want large pictures because we love big pictures because you know blogs are essentially a visual medium and when you're communicating home about stuff going on in school, the text is great, but what's really going to capture people's attention is a picture. And um, when you're sharing the blog post, you want to have good pictures in it because nine times out of ten, whatever it, platform is sharing it, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or um, even in emails, it'll look for the main image and keep that at the center. So having an image in your blog post makes the whole blog more engaging. So if I were to go to the second grade blog, I can go back and show you the whole thing here. And you know, you kind of scroll down and you can see the big pictures. Even if you don't spend a whole lot of time reading about each thing, you get a sense of what's going on. Um, and one of the great things about a class blog like this is it doesn't really just kind of enrich the conversation at home. Um, each of those posts took about four minutes to make, and that was copying them directly off the Microsoft Word document. The challenge I had copying them off the Word document, I did actually have to right-click on the picture, save picture as, and then upload that set of pictures to the blog. Now, um, are you are you uploading that to your blogger account, or are you uploading yes. that into Google Drive? Okay. No, no, you're uploading it to the blogger account, and here, let me show you, actually, um creating a new blog, not a new blog, but a new blog post. And all this stuff is stuff that your students can do after they follow the steps that we gave them two weeks ago of logging in and exactly. having being an author for your blog. Exactly. And that's one of the great things about this is all of these tools are available to the students and they're available to anyone who's part of the Google Apps for Education. So when I create a new post, there's some media buttons right here at the top. And if I click on the image, I have the choice of uploading a file, choosing a picture that's already on the blog somewhere. So if you have you know, an image you're using a lot, here's that circle of apps. Um, you can upload from a Picasso web album, even video apparently, uh, from your phone. You can take it live from your webcam, which is pretty cool, or from a URL. And you can do the same thing with videos, uh, including from YouTube, your YouTube videos, or from your webcam. So you can actually, I'm not going to hit record right now because it'll probably crash the Hangout, but you can actually record video directly into Blogger and it'll save it in your Blogger account. Now, I think you, I mean, you've got a limited amount of space available on that Blogger, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I suppose if you did a lot of video directly into it, you'd find out pretty quickly. But when you're talking about, a, you know, what you can get done in the Compose window, 
those are things that have really taken off uh, this year with Blogger because not only do you have all of your standard uh, word processor style composition tools, but you've also got these pretty advanced media tools here. Now, looking at your 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 screen there, it says compose and then it says HTML. Is there a way to make this into a website or what is that HTML box for? That HTML box comes in really handy when you're doing work with videos. Um, so for example, if I go over here to my seventh grade tech site and I go to the posts, um, here's a post I put together for the Google Doodle competition that they're all participating in. Um, this post has some images that I grabbed off the internet using Snagit, and it also has two, three videos, two of which were made by someone else, one of which was made by me. Now, each of these videos is embedded in the blog, and if I go over here to the blog and I click edit, it'll show us this page in compose mode. And this is uh, pretty much a WYSIWYG interface. WYSIWYG meaning what you see is what you get. But you can't just drop this text in here. You have to grab the embed code from YouTube and then paste it in as HTML. So if I go over here and I click on the HTML side, it will show me the web code that is in the background of this page. So if I look up here, I can see the text that I had written, and then it stops here, and then it's followed by this HTML code that is a link for Doodle for Google. And down here further, let's see if I can pick them out. Anyway, down here further, there are the uh, embeds from YouTube. A lot of text formatting here. Hold on. Here's one of the embeds. Yeah, this is the first one. Um, so when I go back to Compose, it's a lot easier to see what I've got. But when I'm actually pasting the work in, it can be handy to do it over here in the HTML side. And if you know HTML coding, this is all open to you. Mm -hmm. That's the nice thing about Blogger is it's flexible. If you've got a lot of expertise, you can get pretty deep in it and do some great stuff. If you are a very casual user, you can pretty much interact with it almost exclusively from your iPad and still end up with some pretty high-quality multimedia posts. Now, Sam, I noticed over here on the right side some people are asking, it has the word permalink. I, what is that? So the permalink is the link to this post, and like that is going to be the link to this post forever, even though 7tech7.blogspot.com will deliver you to a different post Every time I post a different post on there, this post itself is always linked to this location that you have here. Now, there's a question here coming up from uh, from Fourline Peggy, and she says, "How do you possibly find everything you're looking for in that code?" I don't know if Jeff or John want to pop into that one too. But when you're looking at all the code, how do you find exactly what you're looking for? Well, part of it is having experience with HTML. The other thing that you can do. Let's say I want to find this video, right? Because something's gone wrong and the code's not working right and I need to replace this video. I'll go in and do something like this. And then I'll click over to HTML. 
and I'll be able to see that really, really quickly. Ah. And then I'll just take that out. That's so a good way to do it. So that, that looks is like a nice way to do it. So that that's looks like Waka typing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much his style. Thanks, thanks. That's great. Now he just, he just got a hand. Step. He just got a hand. So <laughs> give him some time. For a quick only. tip to find stuff in your HTML too is when you switch over to the HTML screen, you can also do a Control F or Command F and search if you're looking for the YouTube uh, script. You just type YouTube and it'll take you to any reference to YouTube, and you can kind of sort through and see. I like Sam. I like your idea a lot, um, but it's just a nice way to not have to then go back and edit out. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I, the control F is, I use it for so many things, but I don't think I'd use it much for this. And that makes a, you know, it's a good match. Now, yeah. Jeff, let me ask you a couple of questions here about blog posts. Cause I, you do a lot of blogging here, but you're mm-hmm. doing it from a different point of view than what Sam's showing. Sam's doing a good job at showing us how to set it up with your kids and your students. But sure. for the teachers out there that are looking to get their blog posts known, um, th- these three letters, S-E-O, what is that? What does it mean? How do you implement SEO into your blog? Um, can you give us a few seconds about that maybe? Sure, absolutely. Um, SEO is search engine optimization. And if you're interested in getting your you know, blog or your blog post to rank in Google or Bing, if I have to include that one, um, <laughs> then Bless you. you will need to pay attention to some semblances of SEO. And it's really easy if you don't want to really get into a lot of it. Uh, you just need to make sure that you're cognizant of the keywords that you're using and making sure that they show up in a relevant but um, duplicated amount of times. You don't want it to ever sound like you're just peppering in you know, school and one-to-one and iPad and apps to try and, like, rank for those things because, one, those are really hard to rank for. And, uh, two, the people that read your blog are going to be like, why does he keep repeating all of these things? Um, But a nice way to do it is to, you know, think of a title. One, if you want it to be found, that would be searched. If your title of your page is something that would be commonly searched, then you know you have a lot more uh, chance that Google's going to find that as a relevant result. Uh, also, including keywords in your title that also appear consistently throughout your article itself, uh, and then also tagging your blog post with those keywords as well as t- as uh, tags. Um, also helps out in the source code as well. Now, is, so, this, is this something we should be teaching our students? I mean, it's hard enough to get them to write subject-verb agreement. Should we also <laughs> be teaching them how to make sure you have keywords in the top? Where, where do you? I mean, well, here's the here's the kind of neat thing about that is you can do that without really teaching them that it's for search engine optimization. The thing I like about a title is that your title should be indicative of what you're about to read, and so it's a really good practice for students to generate a title and then have that as their frame of reference as they're working through their piece to make sure that they're staying on topic. So I think that it's, you know, good writing practice, good English skills to be able to generate a topic for your piece and then refer back to that title topic 
and make sure that you're writing for that specific purpose. Now, John, I know you have a couple things to say, but there's somebody actually here trying to raise his hand. Uh, Waka, uh, you have a question about SEO, or you have something to bring into this? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, SEO. I, I appreciate what you're saying there, Herb, and I respect the beard. I, I, don't, I don't want to be seen as disrespectful. Waka, but... you look a little short on, in statue right now. There, Is that th- better? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But you, you've got you've got it wrong. SEO stands for sequence every opportunity. What? what? You just right. want to be really fabulous. Use sequence every opportunity, and you know more people will look at your web page because you know you're fabulous and sparkly. Right. So just to be clear, we're using red carpet, not sequence. No, no, <laughs> sequence is cool for coding and whatever. And sometimes, you know, we do that, but no, no, sequence. Uh, John, I believe that's what, sequence, that was the topic of Techlandia cast last week. What are your thoughts? Sequence, good or bad? Well, I mean, that is the title of my upcoming memoir, Sequence, Every Opportunity, the red carpet story of John Samuelson. That is the title of my memoir, actually, so. I'll get that written soon, I promise, John. <laughs> yeah, no. Walk and I are, we're, he's ghostwriting it for me. Yeah. Well, I'll be faster now. Excellent. <laughs> I know it'll be awesome. <laughs> I love the chat. Waka is just showing off his new hands. I yes. know that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we we love you, Peggy. Absolutely. I also love the fact that they're on a fifty-five second delay. So... <laughs> um, Jeff, let me ask you this because you know we we've been talking blogger. You're the WordPress expert here on the on the panel. Everything that Sam is talking about with Blogger and and connecting is this something that WordPress can do? Let's say I, I do have an an EduBlogs account or I, I have a WordPress.com account. Is this something that that WordPress can do? Can a teacher set up one WordPress blog and invite their students to be authors? And if so, how easy is it? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's very easy. I think it's probably just as easy as, um, well, similarly easy to what Blogger is, just it's a different platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll show you one of my sites. It's the learnontwitter.com one. Um, I need to share my screen first, otherwise this is a... This is, one of, this is one of my favorites. I share this one at conferences all the time. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this was a fun one to put together. I think uh, Jeff Bradbury is selling himself short. I think that we know that there's a really good other WordPress person on this panel. Yeah, I, think I would say Jeff Bradbury. I think that you're probably right. But but, but the host is always supposed to ask the questions, John. <laughs> uh, so you can see this is the dashboard page for WordPress. You can see my screen, correct? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to show you how you can link other users into uh, the website. Ultimately, they just need to, you need to, well, you need to have two things going first. The one thing under settings is that you need to have anyone that anyone can register under membership. This is really important because otherwise you cannot have everyone uh, or anyone be able to be users on your page and give them rights to be able to write something. So you need to make sure that under settings in general, the membership is checked so that anyone can register. I'm the only author on this page, so I keep it checked, uh, unchecked because it's less likely for my site to be attacked then by spammers. Um, 
but it's something to think about. Then all you have to do is head over to users, and this is nice because you have the ability to create users for all of your students, or they can come to your website directly and sign up as a user themselves. And then all you need to do, I'll just show you what the uh, ad would look like. Put in this information, and then down here at the bottom it says Roll. And there's these different options here. There's subscriber, which is essentially just someone that has the ability to get notified when new posts are made. Um, and they just have a login. They cannot write or edit or anything like that. It's just a member of your website. Uh, contributor is um, a scaled back author. Uh, a contributor can post things um, or write things and save them as drafts. I cannot actually post something live to the website. An author class can log in and access their own posts, create new posts, and have them post live to the website. Editors is uh, kind of a cool class in that um, they can access everyone else's posts and edit them, but they have no control over the site itself. So they can't make design changes. They can't make anything that affects the inner workings of WordPress. And then, of course, there's the administrator class that has control over the entire website. So I like WordPress in that it has several different levels of accessibility, um, and it makes it so that you can give students the ability to go in, write a post, and either post it immediately or save it as a draft for the editor or administrator to review and then post on their own. Uh, there's a few questions here for you. Is there a maximum number of authors that you can use on WordPress? Uh, to my knowledge, no. I, I would have to Google it, but I've I've had websites where we've had, you know, 40, 50 authors. It was a co-authored uh, blog. We, you know, release one a day. Everyone did, like, one for the month, and I know that they had active bloggers near 100 users. So uh, as far as I'm aware, there is not a limit, but I'd be happy to check on that and let you know. I know under the TeacherCast blog... Um, which you're all a part of. I'm I'm very thrilled yeah. to say. I think I still need your 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 updated stuff, John. But um, I have 70 individual yeah. authors on that blog. Even though not not everybody logs in, but I treat everybody like an author. And you know, WordPress and Blogger. I I don't know. Maybe comment on this one, Sam. But WordPress is a database, and so it can just keep going as as much as it can go, right? Because it, it's not really going to slow down the more posts you have. Well, what the where where it slows down is when you're searching those posts. Yeah, the uh, blogger they've got a limit of a hundred authors per blog. Um, found that out practical way. Tried to put 130 kids on a blog. Ended up having to add a bunch of them just as readers. Not entirely satisfied with that solution. But the nice thing about that is you can then have. Uh, parents that you also add as readers. So if you want your blog to be behind a firewall, you can do that in Blogger just as you could you could in um, WordPress. It's just whether or not you have an account that you have registered through Blogger or an account that you've created through WordPress. And just to answer your question, I just Googled it. There's a post on WordPress.org, and there is absolutely no limit to the amount of users or authors a blog can have. That's wonderful. Wow. That's yeah. that means we can have more than three kids. Hey, Waka, are you a, are you available there, Waka? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm here. I was doing some research here, and I, this is also coming from the chat room here. Um, 
But if you look at this website here, this might interest you. This website here is all about how to do one-hand shadow puppets. Nice, nice. I could, I could like have a friend. Y- yeah. Do they work with four fingers? Uh, the, uh, some of them. You could, like down here, there's a rabbit, right? Like you could do that. There, there's rabbit. a, there's a goose. Um, like this one here is it? Like this is a, a cute is little. There a bird? I think I can show you the bird. <laughs> Walk, I oh don't... my gosh! Wait, is that a Craig Yen shadow puppet right there? Wait, wait, what? The, was it the reindeer? What? The, the, what? what? Ra- reindeer? That's amazing. No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, it really does look like there's a lot of stuff that you can use to teach <coughs> your kids how to get into blogging, how to even you know start to create posts that are good. I would love to see this be more of like standardized testing and like part of graduation requirements and like learn how to do these simple things. What... Well, you know, it's nice because you can teach a kid, you can teach kids how to assemble pieces of a digital portfolio. You can teach them, you know, digital reflection. Really, it's about helping them build their own digital footprint while they're still in school, so they know how to build on it. I mean, you know, our work speaks. As an individual, our work speaks very loudly for who we are, but also as a school, the work that our students do, I think, speaks very loudly for who the school is. Now, when you're looking at digital portfolios, John, what do you know about digital portfolios and and just trying to organize and start all these different things? Okay, well, I have to say I've got the card right here um, off to the side. I I was... um, going through the vendor hall at the uh, TCA conference, and I don't really look at the vendors too much anymore, but um, I saw this new site that's coming out that might be worth a look. It had a great user interface, and it's called Bulb. And I'm going to look and make sure that it's actually bulb.com. Let me see. It it says hello, I think it's bulbapp.com. So I'll take a look real quick. But I I just, I went over the, uh, the demo for it, and I had looked at three ring a lot and I've given a few talks on three ring as a free alternative for digital portfolios. You can upload pictures from your phone, um, your iPad, you can uh, share it with teachers and students. And I, I always think three ring is a pretty good one. Um, but I have to say, I really like the interface this bulb looks pretty new. And when I went through the demo and talked to the guy, it seemed very cool. And I said, did you, had they ever heard of three ring? And they said they hadn't. And I said, well, if you're going into digital portfolios and spaces, you need to know who your um, competition is, that's for sure. And um, I think that there aren't, I love digital portfolio stuff and I love the idea of doing it because I used to just jam stuff into file folders and never look at it again. So um, I think that the way that I would do, uh, whenever I switched to digital portfolios with Three Ring, it was a lot easier for me to keep track of students and their work. So uh, something to check out might be bulb and it's just like light bulb b-u-l-b and i'll take a look and make sure that i have the website right because he was just right there so i didn't even look at the url let me see if it's hey, a bulb hey john on, on that yeah. website the bulb website there's a picture of you with the quote i used to just jam stuff in the binders <laughs> it's actually They're a picture fast. of it's actually an origami yoda so it's actually bulbapp.com so if you go to bulbapp.com that might be, and it's a beta right now, so you never know with those betas. You can always sign up early and uh, check it out. I'm hoping that they'll let be me the get first in early, early as well. Your data out the block. That's right. <laughs> well, that just goes to show how much stuff we have going on here. Definitely check it out. I think next week we are going to be doing, if you guys don't mind, we definitely would love to do a show on digital portfolios 
And then in two weeks, we're actually going to be running an advanced Evernote uh, workshop here. So tell your friends about that one. Jeff is going to come back in two weeks, talk to us all about his move. And uh, we're going to do an advanced Evernote workshop. Evernote can went through a lot of changes recently. Did you guys see the, uh, the new iOS uh, interface on the Evernote app? You can yeah. choose between three colors now. <gasps> is that I why you suddenly have a, is that why you got the hand walker so you can now pick the color that you want? Yeah, gotta just take the fifth on this one. <laughs> That's better than giving the first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, you know, 2014 has certainly been coming through like a lion here. Lots of good stuff. The biggest news in the last little bit is this game Flappy Bird. Have you guys seen this game? Can someone tell me more about this? I, I Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird is a dumb game that everybody liked, and the developer was like, "Ah, you people are crazy. I'm pulling this thing out. Forget about it. No more Flappy Bird for you." But apparently, he was making like 50 grand a day in advertisements. Which apparently that what? wasn't. He couldn't keep up with any. He had no infrastructure. Uh, the story I read had the quote. It was something like, "Quote: All I knew how to do was upload the thing to the App Store." quote like everybody else in the company or whatever group it was and quit wow flappy bird is a regretting that now was a free app and it was the the app that all of my kids started using in school and i in fact i actually had to take some phones away from the kids because they were playing (sighs) flappy bird and then they got me hooked on the thing um while i was supposed to be learning how to change diapers and recently that explains the stains on the wall (laughs) <laughs> Yikes! And so, yeah, the it, big, big, big news that that you know, as of tonight, actually, they they pulled Flappy Bird from from the App Store. So I don't know, uh, interesting stuff going on there. Jeff, what kind of apps have you been using lately? What's what's been the latest and greatest for you? Oh, let's see. Okay, uh, there is one actually. Um, hang on, wait for it. Wait for it. How do I say this word? This is going to be so worth it. Keynote. Oh my gosh. You guys like are going to be so disappointed. Oh. Um, pages? TeacherCast. Oh, Pages is kind of cool, too. <laughs> How would I pronounce E-I-D-E-T-I-C? E-I-D-E-T-I-C? Yes. Sound it out. Eidetic? Phonetic. Here we go. Eidetic. Sure. It's a way for you to... Uh, help your brain memorize things. And I've been using it with phone numbers for really commonly used things that I use at work. Um, you put in, you can put in text, you can put in phone numbers, random numbers. Um, and what it does is it will prompt you throughout the day and say it's time for you to take a test on this thing that you wanted to commit to memory. And so it'll say, okay, here's the prompt. And it'll say like the district's, I don't know, workers' compensation hotline, because that was one of them, surprisingly. I have to use that one a lot. Um, and so it'll just come up, and I'll put in the, the number, and it will tr- like helps train your brain with regular reinforcement. It can be used for anything, and I've used it for you know, new credit card numbers when you get them, um, just a lot of stuff that we like to commit to memory but don't think that we can very easily. And I could see this really being a great tool for students in the classroom to be able to put in things for an upcoming test and have it just prompt them throughout the day and help them help uh, 
you know, memorize it a little bit better. So it's right, kind of cool. Spell, spell it again. All right. Uh, E-I-D-E-T-I-C. We're getting all those links over in the chat room. Maybe we can put those in the show notes today. Sounds good. Let me see. So, yeah, you could do a dictionary word, a phone number, a fact, a number, a quote, or a note. Well, I'm going to put the first fact I'm going to put is remember that Waka has a hand. Yeah. Boom. That's what I'm going to do. Bam. That just happened. Um, Hey, I've got one. I've got one, uh, Jeff. I've got an app. Sure. Okay, so this one I've noticed is gotten a lot of just um you know normally i get maybe one retweet from my wife and uh i've noticed that this one has actually seemed that people really under like this one and it's gotten even like retweets like a week later and it's one and i have not used it yet but it's see i went through the whole definition of it so it's called bloop it so it's b-l-o-o-p-i-t and so bloop it lets you take any video and then trim it into like a 20 second clip and it seems like a lot of people are um, I mean, I can't believe uh, how many people have just even still retweeting it from about a week and a half ago. I, I think it even got like retweeted or favorited today. So um, it seems like there's people that want to take bigger, larger YouTube videos and shorten them up a little bit into clips, maybe just for presentations or, or something. Um, and so it's just a pretty simple app to use. And it's called Bloop It. Sam, Waka, any any particular app that you've been fancying recently? Well, I've been looking at, haven't used it much yet, but uh, John just reminded me of Edpuzzle, where you can actually select a piece of a YouTube video and even change, put your voice over someone else's YouTube video. Uh, It's a really great flipped class tool because you can put in quizzes and questions and all kinds of student accountability. But it was originally designed by these app developers in Spain who had these great videos that they could find on YouTube, but none of the videos were in Catalan. So they developed this tool that allowed you to essentially annotate the videos and change the uh, audio in the videos into a language that you know your audience could actually understand. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, Edpuzzle's a really neat, really neat uh, tool. All right, I like that one. Hey, did you notice? Um, and then Sam's got the other um, cool thing of the week because he's got his Daft Punk necklace right now. Ooh, you know right that on your, isn't that awesome? It looks yeah, so, yeah. It looks so Daft Punk of you. You're, you're looking so trendy right now. I, I better I better Google what what a Daft Punk is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a, a a app that I'm not sure if you guys have seen yet. It's called Yak It. Have you seen this one? Um, Only on your you, yeah. on your Facebook feed, Jeff. Yakit is an app that will take your pictures or take a picture, and then on top of that, you can add uh, cartoon features like eyes or halos, and you can put a mouth on it and have it automatically talk. And it's been it's a free app. It's been really, really cool. Like you can take this wonderful picture of these dogs and put some eyes on it. But where it really, really shines is if you're trying to be a father. And your kids look very, very, very cute. Let me see if I can come up with a quick uh, picture here. Um, let me see here. Or a quick picture or 500. Or, a quick or picture. 500. Hey, I did ask ahead. I was going to say there's only like 10 minutes left in the show. When are we getting to babies? There we go. So there's a baby picture right there. Like how cute is that? Everybody say aw. But then aww. what you can do there is let me make sure I have this going to the right side. 
So now you can take this uh, picture here. Oh. And you can make his eyes blink. And wow, that, I can't I can't even blink my eyes. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> but then you can actually put some some sounds to it and then you have something like this and I'll see if the microphone can pick it up. I'll turn the mic up. But you have this here. Let's see if I can get that one again. Is it a guinea pig? He's so cute. Let me see what we got here. So I, 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 I took a picture of him in the car seat. Good morning, mommy. I love you. So we were having fun with that. That was uh, Robert in the car seat on the way back home. So yeah, Yakit, free app and uh, really, really neat little thing. You can have a lot of fun with it and a bunch of uh, babies that have no choice but to listen to you. So really, really good stuff there. So do you know that they also have, uh, Jeff, they have Yakit Kids as well that's also free? So that can be more for the teachers. And then they also have Chatterpix Kids, which does about the same thing too, which is the one I really like because I take pictures of people at conferences and then torture them by putting my, you know, my words into, you know, them. And uh, that's always nice when I can torture Matt B. Gomez and say, iPad Sammy is so cool. But that's, that's what I do with that. <laughs> I, like to tor- I like to torture people. I like this one here. You can actually insert bacon into your videos. Oh, a, a talking piece of nice. bacon. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Really, really, really neat that stuff. That would be in every video of mine. Exactly. You know, I've, I've been working with people doing desktop publishing this week, and it's really difficult not to recommend the Bacon Ibsum page. <laughs> I found the, uh, the Kitten Ibsum page, and that's some pretty good fill text, but the Bacon Ibsum page is really the best, but, you know... They don't really frown on. They don't really. They don't really go in for the bacon where I work. <laughs> you need the cupcake Ipsum. Cupcake Ipsum's pretty good. I used that yeah, with like the fourth grade the other day. Yeah. And the show stops. Not the show. <laughs> Jeff, stops. Jeff Herb, you got anything on Ipsum? No, I, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, here we go. Say hello. Oh. Oh. And our ratings skyrocketed. Look, look, look. Right? <laughs> two hands. We have two hands. They move, too. Oh. This oh. is Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's trying out the microphone. Yep, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I will hate it like when you house. put me on your broadcast <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. So join us next week. We're going to stop a little early because somebody has a diaper change to do. Um, Jeff, where can we find you this week and what's going on with Instructional Tech Talk? Uh, I'm working on a post right now that's been inspired by something that uh, Sam was talking about earlier with Blogger. So I'll be releasing that uh, sometime early this week. Putting together a list of ed tech people to follow on Twitter. And um, we'll be releasing that sometime this week as well. Uh, going on every week, we'll be adding someone new to the list to try and create a robust and comprehensive list of new people on Twitter uh, that are looking for some great people to follow to get some good ed tech information. Yes. That that means that means good job, Jeff. Okay, good. I was hoping so. John, what's going on with tech with Techlandia? <laughs> Uh, well, not much is going on, just the normal, and uh, we do. I do want to say that when we demoed Live Slide a couple weeks back, uh, it is now going to be Apollo in about 
officially in five hours. So it will be Apollo, and Jeff and I will debut a new video that goes through all the new features. It's made much easier. And I'll be attending EdCamp Oklahoma City with Wes Fryer and Toby Brown on this Saturday. Nice. And uh, Sam, how are you doing out there in California? What is going on? What's going down? And uh, what do you got going on with Patui? This week on Patui, we're talking about project-based learning. We did open educational resources last week. That was a really great chat. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about PBL, do's and don'ts. And a great place to check out this week is the EduPuppets YouTube channel, um, where the username is The EduPuppets on the YouTubes. And uh, we'd love to have you show up there and subscribe. And, uh, John, you got to say hey to Wes Fryer for me. I swear, I, I think I cite him in eight of the last nine blog posts I wrote. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. I will. I will tell him you said hi for sure. What What is peanut butter and lettuce? I'm confused. Me too. You said PBL. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is project-based learning. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Jeff? Jeff, I was with you on that one. They, if they didn't catch it, I, I was like peanut pe- yes. peanut butter and lobster. Like I, I'm not sure what that one was supposed to be. Um, there is a question on the uh, chat over at TeacherCast.tv asking for uh, Twitter handle, so maybe you guys can help cover that one. Um, lots going on this week in TeacherCast land. I'll be honest, not too much going on in TeacherCast online. Um, Please check out our, our blog, blog.teachercast.net. Lots of good stuff coming out of that. And uh, we have a lot of shows that we're lining up. Uh, once I take my leave to help out with the babies here, we will be doing an awful lot of shows going on. So please join us next week where we're going to be talking about digital portfolios. What are they? How do you build them? What different types of – Walker, yes? What? What? Uh, I was just listening. Okay. Sorry. Walker, we got to get you better lighting. It's, it's very, very, you know, it's, just, it's very, very harsh lighting for you. How's that? Maybe a little better. Uh, well, whatever. Can you put, put Walker down just a little bit lower? Just a little bit. There you go. Much better. So anyway, join us next week for another great episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. Of course, we are here each and every week, your weekly webinar, techeducatorpodcast.com, where you can find all of our great, 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 great uh, weekly webinars featuring... Man, it stinks in here. I can't go on any farther. I have to go change a diaper. <laughs> So, anyway, join us at 9.30 tonight. The Principal Cast episode is going to be on. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And until next time, take care, enjoy the Olympics, and please drive safely.